Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hooked on Sports Podcast. We have a lot to cover and not much amount of time, so we're going to get into the couple of topics in baseball today. I'll get into the Braves winning a championship and and, and a, major, a significant retirement when it comes to Buster Posey. I'll, I'll tell you uh, where his legacy is and, and his status potentially as a Hall of Famer. I'll get into some topics in college football. We'll, we'll get into Michigan State. We're going to get into Texas A&M's significant victory and, and why Georgia continues to roll and... Uh, but I do want to start with some topics in the NFL. It was a crazy week uh, in the NFL. Crazy Sunday. So we're going to get into everything. So without any further ado, I want to start with the two biggest statements in the NFL on Sunday. So without any further ado, let's get right to it. November 11th is Veterans Day, where we as a people thank all the men and women who have served our country to guard our freedoms around the world. But are veterans a reminder about the struggle of mental health and suicide prevention? So not only should you thank a veteran for what they did in service, this day and always, but also have the important conversation with the veteran to discuss the challenges that they face after their years of service. For more information, please go to the va.gov website or call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Thank you, veterans, again for your service. Okay, so we're going to begin with this statement that the Tennessee Titans made by taking down Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the LA Rams on Sunday Night Football. And the, the, the Tennessee Titans were absolutely dominant. And you figured in a game, right, where Derrick Henry, uh, hit the first game that the Titans play without Derrick Henry this year, so you, you lose such a significant talent like him. No problem. The de- the defensive line was outstanding. Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks, and and, and the game plan uh, that's uh, that um that that the Titans put out there on defense was 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 fascinating, and it and it it was breathtaking uh, to, to to watch uh the, the Titans do do their thing. And uh, and the Titans, uh, they didn't have to do much offensively to uh, to give themselves a chance to victory, and it it was all started right in the in the first uh, in the right right from the get go in, in the in the second quarter after the Rams kick a field goal they go up three nothing and then so then then two consecutive plays uh, the 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 uh, Titans intercept Matthew Stafford. And, and set set up a touchdown. The second one was a pick six by Pro Bowl safety Kevin Byard, and then uh, then another drive uh, toward the end of the first half. And I I thought that this was the methodical play of the drive, right? Because because uh, right after the, the the Rams had to punt again after getting the ball back after going down 14 to three on those interceptions, they had to punt it right away. And then, then Tannehill on the offense had the ball and they, and they used a brilliant mix of running the ball and passing. 
uh, utilizing the strengths of Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown to his disposal. And, and it was a 14-play, 64-yard drive, 7 minutes and 39 seconds taken off the clock. The Titans go up 21-3 at halftime. And it, it, it was just sheer domination. And this, this goes back to my point that I've been making the last couple of years. And, 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 and let's be honest, I did not have Tennessee in the playoffs because I didn't know how they were going to do defensively. So, but Mike Vrabel can flat out coach. Mike Vrabel is one of the most is one of the single most underappreciated head coaches in the National Football League. And and, and let, let's think about think about his his tenure with the Titans. Uh, uh, since he became head coach uh, before the tw- uh, before the 2018 season, the the, the Titans uh, they play to Week 17 in 2018. They lose uh, in in that elimination game to the Indianapolis Colts. So in 2018, 2019 they they go on the Cinderella run. I labeled them as the Cinderella team. So they they beat the Patriots in Tom Brady's last game, New England take down Lamar Jackson, and then. Ultimately, come up short on Championship Sunday in Kansas City. Th- th- then, then they had one of the league's top five offenses last year. Derrick Henry rushes for two thousand yards, and 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 the Titans really uh, have really suffocated opponents after their Week One loss against against the Cardinals, which 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 kind of looks okay now because of where Arizona is. And, and and Mike Vrabel ha- has his team coached and buttoned up and ready to go on a weekly basis, and you have to give him a lot of credit. And 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 Tannehill didn't have to do much, and and his numbers were pedestrian: nineteen and twenty-seven, one hundred forty-three yards, a touchdown, and a and, and an interception. And but but this is about the the, the defensive line and, and what they were able to do in terms in terms of making making plays for, for forcing the Rams to to, uh, to do things they didn't want to do and and the, the the Titans defense made sure the Rams plans did not work on on Sunday night and Denico Autry showed up he he made some significant plays and uh, Amari Hooker had twelve tackles Jay Brown Chris Jackson they they were they were outstanding. And and the, and you look at let's take a look at, at the other side of of the coin here with the Rams and the the, the Rams were were befumbled that they were that they were confused they were uh, they were all out of sorts the entire the, the entire game and it also didn't help in the fourth quarter that that the Titans had a touchdown taken away from from them because Tyler Higby's toe stepped out of the end uh, stepped out of the and end zone on that third and goal play, which 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 was appeared to be a touchdown, and then was overturned uh, by official review, and, and then the, they had to settle for the field goal, and then so and the the twenty eight to sixteen was the final, but it didn't it never felt that close at all, and and some gar some garbage time uh, yardage for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and 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 the the touchdown perception by Sony Michelle the. So to make it 28-16, that and I, I just did not think that the uh, that the Rams distinguished themselves on sun uh, on Sunday. They'll, they'll they'll get back to it and and they have a an, an instant test because they they have a Monday night game in San Francisco. So so it's going to be a crucial game in division. 
uh, for for both both of those teams. So that is a sensational win by the Titans. So uh, for, further elevating their status uh, across the ranks in the NFL. The de defense was sensational, and uh, on, all, on all three on all um the the fronts, and and the Titans have the youngest defensive coordinator in the, in the NFL, uh, in Sh in Shane Bowen, just 34 years old. So I I, I thought the Titans absolutely decimated the, the 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 LA Rams, and that was one of the one of the two biggest statements made across the NFL on Sunday. The other one. Is uh, is the the is what was made by the Cleveland Browns. The first game that the Browns played without Odell Beckham Jr. on the roster, and it wasn't a problem. In fact, it was the the, the Browns are better when Odell Beckham Jr. is not on the team. And I, I certainly regret not not picking the Cleveland Browns, considering I had them uh, going all the way to Championship Sunday. And Baker Mayfield was efficient. He was, uh, threw for 218 yards, 66.7 percent completion percentage, two touchdowns. 10, 10 yards uh, per per attempt, and then then Nick Chubb absolutely dominated uh, on the ground. 14 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns, and 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 of course the uh, the the dominant defense uh, of of the of the Browns, and and of course the pick six early on to to set the tempo by Denzel Ward, who is having a phenomenal year, and he is on track to be first team All Pro at the cornerback position, and. Uh, and and I and Kevin Stefanski did an outstanding job getting this team ready. And then you you look on the flip side with the Cincinnati Bengals, and they were and they were ju ju they you thought they would refocus re them themselves after losing to Mike White on uh, in, in Week Eight, and and they, they couldn't get anything across in, in, in the end zone. So I thought that was a was a dis really disappointing effort by the Cincinnati Bengals, knowing. That 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 the um, uh, that that the Browns who lost the week before in, uh, to to the Steelers at home, and uh, and they they never never really never really able to get things going uh, at, at at all and and the and the um and and that's why the Cleveland Browns are five and four, and why the Bengals, who had that five and two start, and and everyone in the media, including myself, thought that the the team was going to fly high after after smashing the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Then then they then they have two clunkers in a row going into their bye week. So 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 the Bengals have to have to make some adjustments and a lot of, and, and a lot of adjustments when you when you look at at things defensively and offensively. So because because you look at the Bengals schedule after the bye week, they have so they have to play the Raiders at even and then then they're home against Pittsburgh, the Chargers, the 49ers. None of those games are going to be easy coming off the bye week, and it's an identity crisis that that the Bengals are, are facing too. So, so that they they need to figure out um, uh, how how to uh, how to recover after the after these losses. So, fantastic job by the Cleveland Browns. First time all year, I I thought they played like a. So, like a team that that was gonna play on Championship Sunday. So, so credit the Browns, but the but the Cincinnati Bengals have to get things right. And they and but the good news is they have two weeks stuff until their next game. So, 
Um, so a lot to uh, to look at here in the crystal ball when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, well, so th- those two teams uh, are I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about three other games uh, on on Monday, and I'll get into into some more news on Wednesday as we break down as we get ready for Week Ten in the NFL and uh, with another fourteen games on the schedule. Jordan Love me not in the Green Bay Packers Kansas City Chiefs game. Jordan Love is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and it's only one start. But there was absolutely no way after uh, that that you 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 can look at, you can take away anything positive here when you look at the Packers quarterback situation following the 2020 uh, the 2020 NFL draft and all the drama. Brian Goodenkiss trading up and drafting uh, Jordan Love without Aaron Rodgers knowing about it. And and the and then once Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID uh, last week and he wasn't vaccinated, so he can't get back to uh, to the team facility until this coming Saturday before their game against Russell potentially Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on Sunday. And Jordan Love is not the answer. He uh, he was never he was a project quarterback. He was. Um, and and the first and it showed on the field why and that he wasn't ready. He was completely obliterated by one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Now Kansas City's defense has been playing significantly better the last two weeks, uh, two or three weeks. So, but is there really anything to take away from, from this game that you can build upon if you're the Kansas City Chiefs? Other other the fact that you played a, a team coached by Jason, uh, coordinated by Jason Garrett offensively, and the other whose quarterback was short in love. I don't think the Chiefs can take anything away positive about that. So, so this, so this goes into everything, uh, everything about the Green Bay Packers, right? Because you look, you look at the Green Bay Packers coming off that amazing win against their against the then unbeaten Cardinals, right? And so, so the Packers uh, are seven one. They, they are in the driver's seat for the NFC, getting that number one seed. Then, then Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID, and all Jordan Love had to do was was play a pedestrian brand of football, pedestrian at best, uh, at worst, and and the Packers had a, had a great chance to beat. The Kansas City Chiefs and and then Jordan Love missed on throws left and right. He would say so he, uh, he he was he fizzled under under the greater lights. Uh, hostile environment didn't help him out too in Kansas City with the, with the amazing diehard Chiefs fans at Arrowhead and, and Jordan Love what w- w- played like a backup quarterback. There is absolutely no way the Green Bay Packers can ap- can uh, can uh, can. Uh, can advocate for uh, for a dopey move such like that, uh, such as this. So, so Brian Gunnikas still has blood on his hands, and 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 it's the, and it's the reason that Aaron Rodgers was is thinking of leaving after the uh, after the 2020, uh, 2021 season because uh, because Jordan Love w- w- would be the starting quarterback for the Packers in twenty twenty two and. And and Aaron Rodgers would be playing somewhere like like Denver and and throwing throwing a, a lot of significant balls to Jerry Judy and 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 Cortland Sutton, and that, and that's not how that's not how the the, the cookie crumb was going to crumble here when you look at the Green Bay Packers. So so, so Brian Gutekunst is going to have a heck of a lot of explaining to do uh, when the Packers uh, uh, don't make the Super Bowl this year and. And, and you and you think about what the Packers could have done. Maybe they could have drafted. Uh, a, a, maybe they could have drafted a wide receiver. Maybe they could have drafted a corner. That they could have done a lot of different things. But but drafted his replacement. 
and trading and trading up for him in the process too. That that is just absolutely terrible for the Green Bay Packers. And, and look, Aaron Rodgers not telling the truth about COVID it, about about his COVID vaccination status might be the reason the Green Bay Packers don't win a championship, and why Aaron Rodgers doesn't win a championship this year. That 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 is one of the one of the most narcissistic uh, and most self-centered things I have ever seen from a player of Aaron Rodgers' caliber in the National Football League. He, and I don't want to hear any of the cons- any of the conservative tough guys on Twitter uh, defending Aaron Rodgers. So as we because because in in this league, say the 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 consequences of not getting vaccinated are significantly big. Like not being able to play on some, uh, on uh, the, the following week. That that is a terrible job by Aaron Rodgers. That's a terrible job by the Green Bay Packers not holding him accountable. And the Green Bay Packers lost the game because Aaron Rodgers lied to the public about about his vaccination uh, status and him not getting vaccinated. That's a terrible job by the Green Bay Packers. And one and, and this is this is one where where you, you where this, this could be a week where you throw a championship out of the window because so, so because they, they they couldn't get the the home game on Championship Sunday in in the NFC. And 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 make a team like the Cardinals, the Rams, the or the, the Buccaneers or the Cowboys go up to Green Bay instead of in, instead of Green Bay traveling to or to one or to the aforementioned Super fellow NFC contenders. So a, a lot of explaining to do when you, when you look at it for the Green, the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutenkus, the sh- the shareholders need 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 some questions answered. And and Jordan Love is not the answer f- uh, for the Green Bay Packers as the uh, as the quarterback for the uh, for the long term. Okay, so I also wanted to get into the Josh Allen Josh Allen showdown be- in between the Jaguars and the Bills. Josh Allen absolutely wrecked the entire game for Josh Allen, meaning. The Jaguars' Josh Allen made a tremendous impact on the football game for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and and, and gave and gave way for the Jaguars to earn their second victory of the season. And and Josh Allen was all over the field. He he sacked Josh Allen once. Josh Allen, uh, uh he he had he intercepted Josh Allen once. So he he uh he um. Recovered a fumble uh, by jo- from Josh Allen once. He he had, so he had a second interception, a tackle, and a fumble all on, on Josh Allen the same game. And and this is why you gotta love sports. The, the fir- first time between uh, a first time a matchup with with two players of the same name uh, uh, with with this, with. A play on one another, so so that so that was fun. But in a related story, the the Buffalo Bills, oh, they they came out flat. They came out flat footed. Uh, they they were they were bamboozled and uh, and they 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 couldn't uh, account for the Jaguars' pass rush. Uh, th- throughout the throughout the course of the game, and and, and the, the Jaguars do have some interesting names, right? When when it com- when it uh, comes to their defense with. Uh, and and they got a couple of sacks from Taven Bryan. They got uh, they got a sack from Dwayne Smoot, and and they they were all after the quarterback all day. And and look, I, I, that I think any any rumors that of Urban Meyer leaving the NFL, I I think 
uh, they they were pretty much shut down. And and what I, and what I th- believe when when the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer in the first in the first place, right? There were going to be some growing pains. The, there was going to be a, a significant learning curve because Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer had never uh, been an NFL head coach until this year. He he spent the decades in in the co- in the collegiate level as a head coach with. Florida and at Ohio State, and, and, and he and he he took care uh, and and he, he took care of business with, uh, d- during the off season and and look the Jaguars have as bad a roster as it gets in the NFL in terms of talent when you look at uh, the, the lack of talent throughout throughout so many different areas uh, on the offensive side of the football and and, and on defense and the and. And they they let C.J. Henderson go be a trade during uh, during the uh during the first part of the season and then then, then uh, and right now the Jaguars are two and six and and they have a better record than my than the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans and 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 the Jaguars their, their two wins have come against Sean McDermott and and now against uh, uh, uh first against uh a Brian uh, against Brian Flores in. In London, and now today at home, uh, yesterday at home against Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills, and it was it was a disappointing effort for the Bills. And and you would think uh, that that they they would they would wouldn't overlook Jacksonville, right? But uh, but but I but I digress. So as so as so the and the Bills really couldn't couldn't get anything going. I and and the and. And Sean McDermott looked like the second best head coach on the field on Sunday, and Josh Allen looked like so. Although uh, uh, he he did throw for two hundred sixty four yards and uh, but two interceptions, and and he looked like the second best quarterback on the field on on Sunday, and and the the, the rushing game was non existent uh, aside from Josh Allen, and and between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, they combined for nine carries and 22 yards. So, so that was about two and a half yards a carry. That's not gonna uh, get uh, uh, caught it against uh, if if they, if they make the playoffs, let alone against uh, against a weak Jaguar squad. And, and then then you then you have the the, the um uh, inexplicable and. Uh, uh, the inexplicable mistakes, the three turnovers, of course, the two interceptions that Josh Allen threw, and of course, the fumble that uh, Allen lost, the, uh, and 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 that uh, knocks Josh Allen's stock uh, significantly lower when, when it comes to the MVP conversation and, and his and his status as a as a top quarterback in the National Football League. Now, they're going to smash the Jets on Sunday. I think the Bills are going to uh, are going to come away with this and take this personally. And and then at, and then at the end of the day, you look at at the Bills' right ship in, in the division, and 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 the Bills are all of a sudden only a half game ahead of New England in the AFC East, and, and but New England has one extra loss, and New England's going to go on a bye week in a couple of weeks, and then. That then the Bills and the Patriots have two big games down the stretch, oh, oh, one in Buffalo and one in Foxborough, which which could very well decide oh, who is going to win the AFC East. So, so so the Bills have have to throw everything away from from Sunday and then and then fo- focus on focus on what they do, focus on how they're capable of playing at a high level, and then fo- focus on beating a Jets team on Sunday that that's coming off extended rest. So. I, I I'm gonna be I I think the Bills are, are going are going to learn a lot about themselves 
over the next two or three weeks uh, when when you when you given get uh, given the schedule because uh because think things don't get much easier after after the Jets game on November fourteenth so the the and a lot to digest for the Buffalo Bills. The holiday season is upon us, set to be full of incredible family and friend gatherings, but also it's a time to get vaccinated against the flu and against COVID-19. Booster shots against COVID are now widely available to offer extra protection ahead of the holidays to more readily enjoy the holidays as we knew them how to celebrate before the pandemic. Additionally, the FDA just gave COVID vaccines for children ages 5 through 11 a green light so they can be fully vaccinated by Christmas. For more information about who is eligible and what vaccine children should get and where they are available, please go to vaccines.gov. You can go to the CDC website or call 1-800-232-0233 or text your zip code to 4388. So you can go to the vaccines.gov website, you can go to the CDC website, call 1-800-232-0233, or text your zip code to 438829. Let's get vaxxed and enjoy the holiday season, folks. Okay, so I want to switch gears now to the NCAA a college football conversation right now. So, so, so let so here are some of the significant developments that I thought came out of th- this weekend across college football. Num- number one, Michigan State loses to Purdue. So by by a by a convincing margin, Purdue uh, beats a top three team for the, uh, for the second time this year. They beat Iowa in uh, uh, last month, and they and they take down Michigan State by a convincing margin again. So, so Purdue is is now six and three on the season, while Michigan State is now a one loss team, as is the case with Michigan and Ohio State. So every game those three teams uh, play will be elimination games. They'll be scrutinized. <coughs> Michigan will play at Penn State, and that's not going to be easy, even though Penn State has fallen down a, a little bit over the last few few weeks. Ohio State plays Purdue. That's not going to be easy, obviously. I don't think Ryan Day is going to have the Buckeyes overlook Purdue so the next time they play. Although Ohio State did, they barely got past Nebraska on on Saturday. So so I think uh, I don't I think that was a great performance, and I don't think they'll beat Purdue if if they if they play the way they did on Saturday. But I don't expect that from. A Ryan Day coach team, and then and then Michigan. Michigan took care of business against Indiana on Saturday. So, so so those so the the Big Big Ten East Division has three one loss teams, three top ten teams across the nation. So, I I, I think uh, it everything is going to come down to Ohio State's games against Michigan State and Michigan, and 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 look. I, I expect Ohio State to come out of this when it's all said and done. Uh, Michigan never has a, a good track record against Ohio State, and and I think M- M- Michigan State uh, they, they they beat Michigan last week uh, to, uh, on October thirtieth because of penalties and because uh, because of 
uh, because of some luck with Kenneth Walker being in the Heisman conversation. So I fully, ex I, I do think Ohio State's going to come out of the Big Ten. I do think they'll have a strong uh, strong discussion in, in the college football playoff, assuming that, that, that they finish the season with a 12-1 record. And and then Michigan State and um, Michigan will, will compete themselves for a spot in a New Year's Six bowl game. So the big the Big Ten East is going to be fascinating down the stretch. I also want to touch in on uh, on Georgia. They that it was a wild weekend of close calls and upsets, but Georgia absolutely decimated. Missouri on on Saturday they they were down three nothing but then then it it was just the second quarter they outscored uh, the, the the Missouri Tigers twenty seven to nothing and, on on route to a forty three to six blowout victory and and this is what Georgia is Georgia is uh, the best team in the division in 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 D one football and. And they have an historically great defense, and they've only given up uh, six and a half points per game. That is by far, uh, th that is, I think that's half of the second best team uh, in in terms of points allowed per game. The, the, their defense uh, in all three levels have ha have been performing at a significantly high level, and, and, and their offense is 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 allowing the Georgia defense to stay off the field and 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 go, going down and 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 creating long drives and and that's why Georgia is clearly uh, ahead of the pack when you look at the championship conversation. They'll still have to beat Bama in the in the SEC championship game, but that that uh, if if it's Bama. In in the SEC championship game, who comes out of that division? That that that'll probably come down to the Alabama Auburn game uh, in three weeks from now. So we'll we'll have to take a look and see how how that develops. I also want 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 to look at Texas A and M. They've they've been excellent throughout the course of of, of the last several weeks. That they they took down Auburn twenty to three and. And th their defense just simply suffocated uh, the uh, Auburn the entire game. And Auburn came into this play uh, playing some really good football, and and, and then they, they ran into a, a tremendous defense, uh, and and also uh, and also a perfectly executed game plan. And uh, Isaiah Spiller had a tremendous game, uh, and then. <clears throat> And then, of course, four field goals from Seth Small. The the only touchdown was a fumble return by by A and M early in the fourth quarter to make a nine three game a seventeen to three game, and 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 the game and they never really recovered after that. So I remember A and M was the sixth ranked team before the season began, and of course the two losses early really doomed the Aggies before the. The loss to Arkansas, uh, and then the loss at home to Mississippi State. So, so, so that that was not something you wanted to have for, um, for for A and M's sake. But I do give them credit after beating Bama. They have bludgeoned Missouri, South Carolina, and Auburn, 
and and now they'll be uh, so they'll be the subject for college game day with their with their showdown against Matt Corral and Old Miss on Saturday. So that that's going to be a ton of fun. College game day hasn't been to Old Miss in a while, so that's going to be a, a fun for of for the diehard Old Miss fans. So I, I I'm going to also get get into so get into that the SEC is is absolutely fascinating. I also want to look at the touch on the game between Auburn and not not Auburn LSU and Alabama. There, there were a lot of moments in that game where I thought LSU had a chance to knock off Bama, right? Because Bama did not come out that that strong offensive. Uh, come out that strong offensively uh, and especially in the fr- in the first half that so that they they were down 7 zip and and LSU t- uh, took their first drive in for a touchdown and then so then Bama's defense uh, re- really took over the the rest of the way and then Auburn scored their second touchdown with 2 minutes 227 remaining on a on a long drive which got the score then, then, then LSU had had one last shot to uh, go go down the field and and potentially win the game on on a touchdown, but um, but Alabama held on. They didn't, uh, and Bama did not play a good a good game in my view, but but they still won, and I give the defense a lot of credit for. For for giving giving um for keeping them in the game and giving them a chance to win win the win the football game in in the in the fourth quarter and 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 and, and create plays and make make critical stops on fourth down and and that's how that they were able to get the, get the job done so fantastic but defensive performance by Bama against against an LSU team that that has been on the short end of the stick the entire season that they. So to that they, they, I think their losses to Mississippi State, their loss to, uh, to Arkansas, their loss to uh, to A and M, their loss to uh, to Bama. They've really been on the short end of the stick for uh, a, for a lot uh, of the season, and, and and that that would have been such a perfect way for Ed Orgeron to to leave LSU. His his last road trip as the LSU head coach was was against Alabama on 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 Saturday. And it would have been so sweet uh, for them to knock off the uh, the tide and and effect- effectively end their their college champ college championship hopes in 2021 uh, with with a second loss. So that 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 was a game I really paid a lot of attention to. I also paid a lot of attention to the game between North Carolina and Wake. And and listen, if you're a Wake Forest fan, and, and if you and if you are a, a, and if you were a a, a a a competent football observer, you should have known that a letdown like this was going to happen. And and, and Wake Forest, uh, th- their offense was just a, so was, has just been dominating all all season long. They're the only team that's uh, that scored 35 or more points in every game so far this season, but. So, but they they have not played good defense uh, for 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 much of the year that, <clears throat> and they they gave up fifty six points against Army uh, two weeks ago, and then before that they barely beat Syracuse, they barely beat Louisville. So that they have not the Wake Forest has not had that signature win also all, all season long, and 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 they they should have seen this coming right because. 
because you you, you won't be able to uh, to be successful without a strong defense and and Wake Forest, um, th- their defense was not great, and uh, and North Carolina made made them pay for it. And North Carolina once again uh, was a, was a team that Wake Forest couldn't stop the run against. That and how about Ty Chandler, two hundred thirteen yards rushing, four touchdowns. Sam Howell, one hundred four yards rushing on twenty one carries and two touchdowns. And Howell threw another touchdown as a quarterback. So that, that that was a tremendous comeback victory for North Carolina. North Carolina, not another team that that's been on the short end of the stick on, on occasions uh, this season. They they lose to Virginia Tech to start the year. Then they then they had that they had that bad loss at home against Florida State. And then they they played really. Uh, I thought they played well uh, enough to win against Notre Dame, but the defense couldn't hang on there. So. I think the ACC is going to be shut out of the college football playoff when it's all said and done here. Cincinnati barely beat Tulsa, and 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 Cincinnati justified the college football playoff co- committee leaving them out of the initial top four uh, in, in the in the college football playoff conversation. That that they they needed a miracle. They they needed some miracle to hang on to that game, and surely enough, it was a fourth and goal. And then the, then Tulsa tried to run it in, and but the runner couldn't maintain possession of the ball, and Cincinnati was able to recover, and and win there. So uh, that 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 was a, a a tough pill to swallow for Tulsa, but I don't think Cincinnati is is playing well enough, and and they they did not earn any style points uh, from the from the selection committee um, and, and any reason in, in that game. So, uh, so a, a lot to look forward to there. Oregon uh, beat Washington 26-16. Oregon still remains in, in the college football playoff conversation. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think they're going to be number four in, in the next college football playoff ranking somewhere along those lines. Uh, when when the next when when it comes out tomorrow, so so, so, you, so you can fully expect a team a teams like Georgia, um, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oregon to be in the in the top four in, in the in the um college football playoff discussion when it comes to uh, when when it's all said and done here, so. I'm going to be fascinated about uh, about how uh, about how things end up here. Big, big games coming up on Saturday. We have Oklahoma and Baylor. We have Texas and Ole Miss. We have Ohio State and Purdue. So so, so a lot of big games are on tap or this this weekend. So so we'll have to we'll have to see how the college football playoff picture becomes cl- clearer throughout the course. Uh, of the day. Also, um, we have Mi- Michigan, Penn State. As I as, as I mentioned earlier, we have uh, we we have another ranked team be- uh, ranked matchup between Iowa and Minnesota. Mi- Minnesota they lost at home to Illinois, and, and again, uh, don't don't sleep on my guy Brett Berlima. He he can coach. That's the second uh, tr- top twenty victory. Uh, on the in a true road environment, so that that was a really solid effort there. So, um, so so well done. Also, Mississippi State will play Auburn, and and it's gonna be a, a fun another fun Saturday in college football. So, 
let let's turn now to the World Series, and and th- th- this is the first time I've spoken since the Atlanta Braves uh, uh, on a regular podcast since the Atlanta Braves won their World Series. They they beat the Astros in six games, seven nothing was the final in Game Six. Roy Soler was the World Series MVP. And, and Soler hit 300, hit three go-ahead home runs, and drove in six runs. And, of course, the the go, the go the series-winning three-run homer on Sunday, uh, on on Tuesday night in Game 6. And, and and I think we knew then that, that the that the um the, the fate and, and the mood was beginning to settle in there for the Houston Astros. So so happy for Freddie Freeman. He he gets a championship after after years of waiting, and he and Freddie Freeman is rewarded for his patience after going through uh, through bad times in 2015, 16, and 17, and now uh, and now he is a world champion in 2021. He is a free agent and. And and the Braves extended him a qualifying offer, uh, so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see if Freddie Freeman will eventually accept that uh, contract uh, that qualifying offer. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for winning the the World Series in 2021. And finally, Buster Posey announced his retirement from Major League Baseball. After 12 glorious years as the catcher for the San Francisco Giants, and yeah, you 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 could make a lot of cases for Buster Posey, but after the announcement on Thursday, now everything comes in about about him, about his Hall of Fame credentials, and about his resume. And you can absolutely make the case that Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. And in fact, I also I also get, get, give you a take right now. I I listed Buster Posey as the sixth greatest catcher of all time, only behind Johnny Bench, um, Pudge Rodriguez, Roy Campanella, Yogi Berra, and Mike Piazza. And Buster Posey is number six. And, and there are there are a few reasons why I have Buster Posey. At number six for this level. So, f- f- first of all, he's won a batting title. He's won a league MVP. He is a, a gold, a, won a gold glove. He a four-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and he he is a seven seven-time All-Star. And, and and in an era where it is so hard to sustain a dynasty and and, and to win win multiple championships in such a short period of time, Buster Posey was the most important player. In the 2010s San Francisco Giants dynasty, you 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 can argue Madison Bumgarner for his brilliant postseason pitching. You can argue Tim Lincecum. You can argue uh, Brandon Crawford, but nothing will will exceed what Buster Posey has done. Uh, the ma- managing the pitching staff, frame, framing the pitches, uh, ability to uh, to produce offensively, and and be a consistent force on offense, playing at a high level for most of his career. That's what Buster Posey did in his in his major league career, and I'll I'll give you some numbers to uh, to uh, to uh, back it up. So, so so this is among players with one thousand games played. And at least fifty percent as a catcher. So, so, so he, here's the thing: he, he had a career three oh two batting average, which is sixth among among all catchers. His eight thirty one on OPS, meaning on base plus slugging, he is seventh all time. 
and and his OPS, meaning in, in his OPS uh, average with with respect to the era and the league, his OPS plus was 129, which ranks third. And only two catchers in the history of the game have had a better OPS plus than Buster Posey. Number one, Mike Piazza. Number two, Gene Tennis. If you remember, he was the catcher for the 70s, 80s dynasty. So, so, so you, so you could also you can make those cases, and and in and you you also need to make the case that Posey was the best catcher of this generation, and 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 he he, he was excellent uh, at at the plate. He was excellent behind the plate, framing pitches, and and. And and um, and working with a pitching staff that exceeded on so many levels throughout the course of his career, and and and, he, and he, even this past year, uh, where where, his, where the starting catcher was starting pitchers included Kevin Gossman and Anthony DiScalfani, and, and and Anthony DiScalfani and and others, and he and he and he managed them to uh. To, pitching staff so brilliantly and, and also he batted 304 hit 18 home runs and drove in 56 runs in 113 games last season so he so he went out with with, with a bang uh, in, in terms of credentials so that that is that is an amazing amazing stuff there and 1371 games played 1500 hits which is 31st uh, which does which, which isn't as relevant because the 304 batting average uh, uh, and the 300 plus batting average is, is what what matters there and 158 home runs which which is in the top 40 so so that that's not all that terrible even even Yadier Molina has more home runs than Posey but in in, in, in many more at bats so so he was efficient he was uh, and and he and he was such a great ambassador for Major League Baseball too. So you you factor all of those in, and and I, and I think Buster Posey is a slam dunk Hall of Famer when when, when you look at all the credentials of for that that he assembled for the San Francisco Giants. And finally, two more notes before we finish up. The 76ers All-Star Center Joel Embiid tested positive for COVID-19. The six the Philadelphia 76ers have the best record in the Eastern Conference at 8-2. So he is going to be missed uh, because of the protocols. He has to sit for at least 10 days. So, so, so we'll, we'll have to see how Andre Drummond does. Uh, in his first start of the season against the Knicks tonight, and also how about Knicks go winning the Breeders' Cup Classic? He is uh, and Knicks go. He won the Pegasus World Cup uh, Classic back in January. He won the Whitney in August to secure his spot in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and and he won pretty convincingly all over the, the, the Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit, and then Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie. Finished third and fourth, respectively. Congratulations to the horse of the year, Nick's Go. What a tremendous performance! So by the Brad Cox trainee, and also tremendous, uh, and tremendous stuff as always for um, um, for Nick's Go. So that that'll do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is. John Flynn saying so long. I'll be back here on the podcast later this week to break down week 10 of the National Football League. So until then, have a wonderful, uh, wonderful few days, everybody. So long.